Alrighty. So am I looking down the camera? Yeah, bro? I don't yeah. look at it's a podcast. Yeah, 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 no, no, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, no, 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 it's all good. It's just a casual chat. Right, three, two, one. Right, guys. So we are in a familiar location to a lot of people down here at the uh, Expo 2020 site, Australian Pavilion, Aussie Park, and next to me or next to the boys as well, we've got a AFL legend, a Aussie icon, and just a all-round leader in the community, Mr. Basher Hawley. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Mate, thanks thank, for having me in Dubai. Mate, mate. thanks for coming on. <laughs> thanks. This is an honour, honestly, for most of us to uh, have you on the podcast, bro. So I appreciate it, mate. So you've got the boys, as you can see behind us. Uh, you've spent some time in Abu Dhabi. Uh, how was that whole little stay there? Yeah, it was really good. Obviously, the place we're staying at has got uh, everything that we need. You know, great accommodation, great food for the boys. Yeah. Um, probably too too good of uh, of, of a meal or, yep. or meals I would say but the training facility is really good you know we've got our sporting uh, sporting deck uh, being a soccer field of course yeah, yeah, no footy yeah, yeah. no footy grounds no here footy mate here. we play nine <laughs> down here uh, but it's plenty obviously because we've got 12, 12 boys training a couple of staff yep. even I try to have a run around and try yeah, to keep up with the boys yeah. these days but still put them put them to shame yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, this, so these, these young lads behind us this talent behind us um, yeah. is this their first time overseas? So the thing is, uh, the, the 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 academy goes for about three or four years. Especially this is a senior program. So some of these boys have have come here before. Um, so you generally, you have three or four years in the program, uh, and then you exit it, and you know obviously make your own way out in life and whatever choices uh, you make. But yeah, obviously our, our time here is, is very very special. Uh, being able to step out of your comfort zone, being Australia different environment, cultural experience. Um, some of these boys have never travelled in their lives, so being able mm-hmm. to travel to Dubai and Abu Dhabi, I mean, I bet when you guys yeah. came here, like Dubai, like, wow, it's yeah, massive, yeah. and now it's just even grown. Mate, it's funny that we, we actually did a podcast two days ago about Australia Day and, and the, the, how we see Australia Day now compared to when we lived in Australia, and mm. obviously living here now for the boys five years, myself 15, a lot's changed in terms of how we look at it from this aspect and uh, culturally and you know everything that's going on with it but uh, tell me about a little bit about the foundation mate it started in 2013 I believe right um, and like I, I was doing my research on it so you help the community the Muslim community with through education through like belonging and also obviously all, all through footy right through the sport yeah, of AFL yeah, yeah definitely I mean obviously the way we, we select these young boys is through a talent program yep. we, we play trial games and we have to kind of choose them from that perspective yep. because ultimately we're trying to get as much of these young boys drafted in the AFL at least playing trying to play VFL or highest level senior for local footy so um that was our initial, I guess, intention is to upskill them from a talent perspective, give them all the tools, tools that they need to be the best player. Yep. But we felt like it was more important, you know, because the reality is what's the percentage of these young boys are going to get drafted? It's, it's, it's super hard yep. getting, to making it to the highest level. Not that because I've made it, yep. but I know that the, the talent first has got to be there, then the commitment and discipline. So, you know, you can't, sometimes it's very hard to have that complete package. So we're here to, to upskill them from a football perspective, but then we felt like there was something missing. Um, and that was the, you know, the two other things that we focus on is leadership skills, you know what I mean, um, making them resilient because we're all going to have calamities or face challenges in our life and how do you bounce back from that? You know, football is, is great, but it gives you 10 to 15 years as a career. Um, but what you get out of these programs is leadership skills that you'll carry out for the rest of your life and that's super important. Um, and the other thing is their identity as proud Australian Muslims and uh, how to be the best version of yourself. So, you know, football's not for you or for you, it is, hopefully it is. Uh, how, how can you uphold your Islamic values and play the highest, at the highest level? Yeah. 
but you know like I said they're not going to all play AFL football you know that some of these boys are going to be accountants they're going to be tradies whatever it may be how do you uh, be the best Muslim you can and teach people the, the positivity and the correct message about Islam in your field or specific area that you work out so uh, it's super important and um, you know we, the, the, the way we see these boys grow as human beings is, uh, is something that makes us proud and it makes us come back every year and that's a good, and it's a good little segue like growing up in Australia all of us did the education behind other religions you know we've all grown up in immigrant families so we've we've had that chance to uh you know put our feet into other different nationalities i I grew up in western sydney bankstown so you know i was surrounded by um the muslim community and so when i made that change to dubai it wasn't much different, but then you see the other aspect to it, right? Like the whole, the religious side, you know, when uh, Ramadan comes around, the month of the holy month Ramadan. So talk about that. I know in your career, there's a few like now coming to light, famous uh, sporting icons, yourself, Sonny Bill Williams, guys like this who are adapting or always have the holy month of Ramadan into their sporting careers. Talk about that, how that affected you, or if it did affect you in in sort of a way where performance issues, mm. um, I know the boys will probably have to go through it at some yeah. stage or they're going through it. Yeah. So uh, just touch on that a little bit. Yeah, for me personally, it was probably the best uh, month of football that I've ever played every single year. Um, and that's no coincidence. I think that when you, uh, when you have a good... Um, practice in your life and it seems something important to you you think about it from a positive perspective and you try to think about it that how can this help me and for me it was like I walked into the games light energetic um, you know I'm I'm finding that from hearing from other people as well that during that time it's a it's a blessed time to to have those feelings and, and feel lucky so you think that's that, that kind of oh, transition? Absolutely, yeah. the spiritual connection that you have of God. And, I mean, we're, we're believers in, in one God at the end of the day, and He wants what's best for us. So when you're committing yourself to, to God, uh, and you, you value uh, God as your creator, He's, he's going to help you. He's not going to like make you fast and then just disappoint you on the field or whatever you're doing in life. He's going to give you that strength. But like, like I said, a lot of that comes from your positive thinking. All right, and looking, looking uh, at the good and in every situation that you're in. And for me, like I said, I felt light, felt energetic. I was spiritually connected better than any other month in the, in the or any other month throughout the year. Throughout the year. So, um, but like I said, that comes from experience. You know, that just didn't happen when I was a 16 or 17 year old. You know, these days the youth are so, um, you know, tied up with tied up other there. things, so they're not going to think about that. But as you grow up and you experience things in life, you know that you know. Uh, the why of everything you know that's something I'm t- trying to teach these young boys is um, you know everything you do in life you should understand the why and the purpose you know it's something I was taught at the footy club especially with our successful era at Richmond that you need to know the purpose of every single drill that you're doing or every place you're visiting or you know for us from an Islamic perspective why do we pray there should be a why there's a reason the connection with spiritually etc so uh, I think that's a very important lesson in life yeah, understanding definitely. the why we do things yeah. Bash, we, we come from a coaching background mm. now a- AFL is the physical side talk to us a little bit about that and is it the most physically demanding sport on the on planet look you might say i'm biased i think it is when you but you look at other sports mate at the end of the day it's it's a full body uh skillful sport like yeah. you need to be skillful with your with your hands yeah. with your feet with your mind physically um and demanding <laughs> mm, mate you're yeah. sprinting you're jogging high speed you're copying knocks unexpected knocks yeah, too as well that, that mentality mindset in there as well like you're, you're getting close to the end of the game fatigue points are tight 
that's when you've got to step up and oh, mate. draw on that too. Yeah, football's not just about basic skills, man. Yeah. You know, you've got to be able to perform when you're fatigued and also when things don't go your way, you know, yeah. you might miss a skill at a very important time of the game, yeah. but you've still got 10 minutes to rectify that. So how do you switch yourself out of that, uh, you know, that, that mentality of, oh, you know, things, things are really bad. Yeah. How do I go back to my A game? We that's call it the right. A game. You know, what makes me a great player? So... Mate, it's so, so important from all aspects. It's, and you're running 15 kilometres a game. And, and you're not walking 15 or jogging. Oh, no. Sprinting. It's another level. And how are you finding post-retirement now? How are you finding yourself keeping in shape? What's your re- regime? What are you doing? You're still, yeah. Obviously, you're still keep having a kick with the boys. Yeah, I, I looked at, I remember the, the, the next day that I, after I retired, I went for a run. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah, I, did, yeah, I wasn't yeah. going to celebrate. Go have, obviously, I don't drink alcohol. Yes. But, you know, for me, how probably was with COVID, I couldn't really see anyone. Yeah, but, true. mate, I was running the next day. And I always said that, Hopefully, I can finish the game at a high from a playing perspective, and I, th- I feel like I, I still had more in the in the in the tank to give, um, you know, as opposed to someone who's just crawling over the line. And from a from a from an injury perspective, I just bounced back from a syndesmosis injury. I could probably could have played that last game, yeah. so that means I'm pretty pretty much fully fit. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a family man. I've got three kids. I want to be able to run with my kids. I want to be able to, in, you know, enjoy life after footy. Yeah. Like I said, in a lot of footballers finish the game crawling over that line. You know what I mean? Do, so, do, do you yeah. think hold, holding back a bit and still having plenty left in the tank um, is going to help you transition as a bit of a mentor to these guys to be able to um, lead by example yeah. and not just tell them what to do, but maybe yeah. grab a ball and have a kick and and come for a run yeah, and show them how, it, how it's, it's a done. top point top point like you know you can there's only so much this can do you know what mm. I mean yeah. you got to physically show them how it's done you know you don't be able to show them a specific drill or a specific running pattern that they need to do yeah. in a game you know what I mean so that was my motivation as well obviously yeah, my yeah. kids is super important and it must, young, it must be motivating for them too to see someone like yourself yeah. and have and them just oh he's having a, he's having a kick with us yeah. he's having a sometimes you take that for granted and you don't realise the impact you have on these young men but that's why we've got other stuff here reminding you that you know, you've know, got to be hands on you just can't sit there and be a leader from, from the outside it's yeah. important as well same, but same with, as you know being a parent as well being a parent mm. you know I mean um, so you know you see some of the best trainers in the world they're actually training their clients they're getting involved so mm. that's what I see myself you know maintaining that commitment physically and also, also from an off-field perspective like you, like you said I think it's a um, you know, when it's bred into you as well from, you know, a lot of us come from sporting backgrounds. And just to touch back on how the physically demanding Aussie rules is, I was a rugby league convert and started playing AFL out here when I moved here because there was no rugby league. So I joined the local AFL team. So now AFL Middle East is that runs out here. I think you'll meet some of the boys this weekend out here. Um, you know, it was a nines competition, but the... the the cross collaboration from rugby league to AFL in terms of my footwork and speed short bursts was there and like you said we do play on soccer pitches rather than you know the full field but getting blindside hit from any angle and not seeing like I'm used to running lines or holes man I tell you what and this is you know this is virtually park footy here in in this in this country but there's some good players out here they've played at a good level VFL etc the, the respect I had for that game because obviously you know being from Sydney it was a rugby league dominant um, you know state etc and Sydney Swans was the only team to follow at the time so um, but yeah all the respect in the world for and like you said I think I, I promise I say this is that I think AFL players have to be if not the fittest sporting uh, men and women out there now you know in comparison to all sports now let's just uh, before we wrap up touching on that leadership aspect that you were just talking about how important for you 
it's to see these young men and, and I know you've got females in the academy as well going um, the leadership aspect like you said if they don't use the footy skills to get out it get into a good role in, in the community um, become community leaders because obviously education like we were talking about on the podcast yesterday in Australia I think we don't get educated to other religions or different matters or topical issues even our own, even our own right yeah. so then we're just very quick to judge now I look at these young men even you're over here giving us an interview and they're going through their drills and warm-ups yeah. so how important is it for you to see these boys become mature leaders in the community and and going forward like yeah. i'm sure that's one of the main things you've started this foundation for correct? Oh, absolutely like i said i just uh seeing someone change for the better in life makes me very proud as as a leader you know what i mean mm. it's like anything man like if you're a coach and you see your you know your player improve as a player and reach achieve the best he can naturally you're going to feel yeah. proud of proud of it yeah so you want to see results and like I said uh, you know for them I'm not going to um, examine them or kind of like uh, you know judge them on them making AFL footy that's yeah. that's a byproduct that's, that's an end result yeah. we've got to focus on the process yeah. and the process is giving them everything that they deserve everything that they need to trans- transition and become the best version uh, of themselves, whether it's from a, from a football perspective or from a life perspective, and I mentioned before, life is far greater than just the footballer that we're trying to make out of these young young boys uh, or young men. Um, so yeah, and I, I mean, some of the boys are mentoring. We've got a couple of leadership sessions that are very powerful sessions that you know confidential and uh, uh, that are unique, very very special. That digs really deep into their life, and um, you know when you hear some of these boys, their highlights of their life so far, you know it's this program. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes you feel proud as, as a staff member or as a mentor where, you know, they're, they're, they're making changes in, in, in their life for the better. You know, one of the boys said, oh, I never really used to pray. My parents used to tell us, go and pray, but used to lie to them, go to their room, pretending they're praying or not. It's a small thing I'm just mentioning yeah, now. Yeah. But they said, this, this program has allowed us to create good habits, take it home, and understand the why. Why do we pray? You know, that's, that's my, my focus, yeah. on this, teaching these boys the why of everything that they do. And that, that example of prayer made me feel proud yeah. at the end of the day. Because if you're practicing that daily ritual, daily habit of five daily prayers, that means you're disciplined. Yeah. yeah? That's right. Absolutely. So that means you're going to carry that on the on the sporting field. You're going to carry that work. in this, at work. Yeah. And so, better, better, better footballer and a better, or a better, better, better person. Yeah, exactly right. So yeah, yeah. that's just, what we try to teach. Like we've got our members. Like turn up ten minutes prior to your session rather than on the hour of the session. There's little <laughs> things that we got taught, obviously on the footy field or whatever yeah, exactly it was. Right. But it's discipline and it's consistency, and that's how. Yeah people become better humans mm, now to, before we wrap it up I know Jace has got a few f- fire questions on uh, the UAE and just going to test your knowledge so quick question do we have more camels here in the Middle East or back home in Australia in Australia yeah 100% <laughs> spot on, spot on. <laughs> mate one question for me do you ever see yourself wanting to like sort of take on coaching ranks in the AFL Look, not not very passionate about it. Yeah. I'm all about mentoring, mentoring. and being uh, being the example, hopefully the positive example for these young young boys. It's it's a big commitment being a coach at the highest level. I've seen it firsthand mm. over 15 years and how it's changed and how much time commitment it is from you know getting in there at 7 a.m. before anyone walks in the door and then being the last person to walk out. I want flexibility. I want balance in my life, and I I feel like unfortunately coaching at the highest level doesn't give you that. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of hobbies that I love doing. I've got my family, my girls, and my son that's growing up now. So I want to grow up with these 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 uh, these, these things in my life, and also just being able to commit more for for, for, for this. You know, what I mean, and like I said, there there are similar 
things that you will achieve being a coach. Like I said, you know, you're helping people grow as people, as footballers. But um, there's a bit more flexibility with what I've chosen to do, and that is the foundation. Um, and still, I guess, being involved in the AFL and the Richmond Football Club and helping them continue to grow the game. Because I think it's important to continue to grow the game and being, uh, being proactive. Um, and I still think that we're the leading code in Australia when it comes to diversity and allowing people to come in and watch our game and play the game and feel comfortable with their values and who they are as people. Can I just ask one question before? Because someone asked me this morning, see if you can ask it. It was when you started, right, at the Essendon Football Club where you started coming up, um, was your religion and values taken on straight away by your surrounding peers or was it? did it take a while to integrate it? They... they, they accepted me for who I was even before I probably got drafted you know all the articles coming out and speaking about you know this devout Muslim which for me like I don't it's a you know I don't want to, I didn't want to call it devout Muslim it's just I, I was a Muslim lived it, just, exactly. that's, that was me you know exactly. I mean devout Muslim what's the big deal you know what's the, the difference between a devout Christian or whatever? you're a human being and being devout to something shouldn't define the person you are and you shouldn't be labelled with that I think I'm a human being that's got different or specific values that I uphold and uh, you know it's uh I've had the support from the, from both clubs being at Richmond and, 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 and Essendon and also from a wider perspective, the AFL, the support that they've given me and, and my community. It's allowed us to, to call Australia home. It's allowed uh, us to call AFL as the best game in the country because it's, the, the, you know, it's proven. You know, we go and watch the game, we're supported. You know, even introducing the prayer rooms at, at all the AFL venues is something that, you know, we just mentioned to the AFL and the feedback that I get from the community saying that, how good is this? We can go watch an AFL game anytime during the week or the weekend and we're, we can perform our prayers. I remember when I was growing up and I was a junior, you know, we had to stay in the side, the, 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 the staircase or go out to the car park to pray and be afraid that someone's going to bottle you over the head and stuff like that. The game has changed. I think Australia has, the nation has changed and it's very accepting. So, nah, super proud. Honestly, I can, can't even picture a moment where I've been, oh, you know what, I'm not, I'm not inclusive, included here. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, been looked after very well and very grateful for it and uh, before we wrap it up just last one sorry I've got all these questions sorry guys sorry Um, spreading the awareness for the game globally like you know Dubai has its own little league I know we play against a lot of GCC teams Um, you know you've got the Singapore leagues Hong Kong do you want to see these boys travel to these countries and, and spread that awareness as, uh, through the foundation as well? Yeah, of course. I mean, we don't just visit a country because, oh, you know, we, we want a holiday and we want to experience the world. I mean, that's, that's important too, but it's given them that first-hand experience that, you know, handling a passport, uh, exchanging money, visiting different malls, you know, different apps that they're going to need to download. Mm. But yeah, obviously that's, that's all, always our, our objective too, to have uh, that mindset. How can we continue to grow the game all around the world? It's going to be difficult, no doubt. It's going to be a massive challenge, you know. It's like, for example, uh, Victoria and New South Wales. Trying to get the, the New South Wales people to accept AFL is very hard, that's man. Right. They're just mm-hmm. concrete, cemented on rugby league, and you get that minority that are able to, to, yeah. to adapt. So there's a big challenge uh, ahead of us. But, you know, for us, we just run our programs, have good intentions, uh, sincerity in what we do and uh, you know if we can grow the game around the world and it's good hard. that you're part of that initial uh, growth of taking the game mm. on a global level mm. because it, it hasn't sort of uh, 
that wasn't on the radar for quite some time. So yeah, it must feel good being that part of that initial drive to, to get that happening, and especially taking these young guys with you for the ride too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it helps when you've got Aussies here that, uh, that know, yeah. know the game, so that also helps. So tomorrow I think we've got a game that is gonna, it's going to be pretty exciting. Hopefully we've got a bit of, uh, bit of an audience, a bit of a crowd that they you know, experience and look at this ball. How do they kick this ball so accurate with, um, mm. you know, it's, uh, and, and it's a different sport. So, yeah, it's good times. All right, Bash, we're going to leave it there. We've hogged you now for probably 30 minutes. But, mate, thank you. We appreciate you coming on the One Tribe podcast. And we uh, are looking forward to the future for the Bashel Hooley Foundation, mate. So we appreciate you and thank you. Cheers, brother. Thank Thanks, you. mate. Thanks, uh, Dubai and Abu Dhabi for hosting us. And awesome. the expo, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Thanks, bro.